This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Full 90 Soccer Time Podcast, our weekly look. Yeah, it's true. Into Seattle Sounders FC and whole bunch of uninteresting dad life commentary plus an attempt to understand the hottest soccer league not funded by foreign royalty no piff fun here it's mls <laughs> um we're your hosts for mornings on 1077 the end and formerly of fartland i'm gregor and he's been in the locker room on the pitch and dropping all his stuff on the floor while we're doing the intro <laughs> he's sexy skanking brandon <laughs> old crazy hands what's up hey how you doing What'd you drop? I'm curious now. Um, I, so I got a new bike last week, and it came with a bunch of... Of course. Uh, they come... I know. <laughs> Does it, it come with a photographer? My God, your family takes so many photos of your family. Dude, I know. It's uh, actually when we when we booked this photographer to do pictures of our son for his like newborn photos, she was like, it's the same yeah. price for me to do three-month photos and six-month photos. And so we were like, okay. Um, so trust me, I know, cause imagine having to be like every three months be like, Oh, what are we going to wear for this? And, um, imagine having to be happy about your family every three months, every three <laughs> months, you got to pretend, right? No, I love, I love my family. I lo- not that, not that they listen I- to this. I'm saying this because I mean it, uh, not because I think that they'll listen to this. <laughs> um, well, there was a quick, so- oh, wait, you were saying something, right? Oh yeah. I got a new bike. Uh, you asked me a question. <laughs> Maybe that's how you're supposed to ask, ask, uh, uh, open, open up conversations. Instead of asking how you're doing, uh, you ask, what's oh, okay. the thing so that I you most recently deli. dropped? <laughs> so I go to the deli the other day, right? This is, we were talking about this off air a little bit. And I get there, and I like the guy is like, "Hello, my friend. How are you today?" Or no, he doesn't say that. He goes, "Hello, my friend. It's great to see you." And I go, "Hey, man, how's it going?" And he says, "That's a terrible question to ask people when you see them." That's so rude. And he I was like, like said that it, to you. I didn't actually. I didn't actually. I actually don't care how you're doing. Yeah. It's just a pleasantry. Yeah. Like I don't want you to be doing poorly. That's for sure. Yeah. But also, I'm here for smoked turkey. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Did he? Um, now, okay. I have a, I have a couple of questions. First of all, the entire idea of like, and maybe this is is a telling on me or something. But the entire idea of like going to the deli in 2022 seems so quaint, unless you were like at the Safeway deli counter, you know, versus like going to a prop. Like, I mean, I love going to a proper butcher. Oh, these my days, mistake. Like... This was Deli Ali. Oh, is who okay, I was. okay. That's why <laughs> yeah. I went up to him and I was like, "Hey, do you have any turkey?" And he's like, "What the hell are you asking me this <laughs> why question are for?" You doing this? He's like, "I do have roast beef." Um, no, uh, the, <laughs> so I guess, come on, in, let's have a is sandwich. Your, is your... no, I was like, "How you doing?" And he was like. Like no, <laughs> is your uh, is your proprietor of this delicatessen uh, foreign by by 
chance? Like, is he not no. from the U.S.? No, no, no. He's um. It's at I'll tell you. It's at the Town and Country, yeah. which used to be called Central Market in Mill Creek. Okay. And it's like the I have uh, money that I'd rather waste than save on food, yeah. so I'm gonna go there. Yeah. And now nah, the deli's great, and everyone's real nice and everything, yeah. and they really do have a great selection of like quality stuff, and you feel better about it because it's not the hormones and all that yeah. stuff. And then you no, think I... about the existentialism of the Earth traveling through space at a high rate of speed, and how inevitably we're just merely a speck on the planet that gets wiped out as quickly as we showed up, and how pointless all of this is. And don't ever say this to a therapist because it really confuses them. Anyway, yeah, so I go there to get my deli meat. It's not a proper standalone deli because I don't think that exists in Snohomish. Yeah, no, I like. Uh, tr- tr- I I am fully with you on your your meat acquiring journey. Uh, like I, I I have a local butcher that I like to support. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like look. The reason I ask if he's not fo- foreign to answer your the, question. Yeah, the reason I ask yeah. is because like <clears throat> in some places because you hate foreigners. I got it. Exactly. It's fine. Yeah, I, li- I live in Spokane. Come on. Um, <laughs> no, the reason I ask is because there's a lot of times where you know something that's just a formality uh, in. English, right, is something different in German. So, oh, like, if you were yeah. to be like, hey, how are you doing to a German person, they're going to be like, oh, I'm doing well. This is what's happening re- recently. Like, here's this and that and the other update about my life. Where here, it's just like, hey, how you doing? Good, tired, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Move on with the conversation. Yeah. But, but I, you asked, you were talking to me before the show, you asked, um, okay, well, how would you prefer me to start this conversation? And he said, ask me what book I'm reading. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that just, he's, that he's just like, sounds do, like... He was like, do you read books? <laughs> do you, it just sounds like, like yeah, he's... Okay, I- it sounds like he's reaching. It sounds like he's like, I really want to talk about this book that I'm reading. Please ask me about the book that I'm reading. I'm like, well, have you started reading the Old Republic from Star Wars? Because they're real bad, but yeah. it's trash, and I read them, so do you want to talk about how the Jedi collapsed in, or what? In 2022, when everybody has a different... Um, like there's so many different un- unique interests out there because the internet exists and stuff like hey hey you into feet stuff <laughs> or like i don't understand yeah like, and, and, like i appreciate that he's looking to build some camaraderie so the next time i come back we can have something to speak about and i like i dig that but just like let me say how you doing and then like, here we are still talking about it, so it was effective or whatever. Yeah. And I think about it all the time. And now when I go in and I see him again, I don't think he remembers that conversation. But when I, because I, I obviously avoided the deli for six months because I was terrified. Um, but when I go back in now, I'm like, um, I like walk up to the counter and I don't know what to say and I don't know how to conduct myself. And he's like, hey, my friend, something, something. And I'm like, half a pound of smoked turkey, please. Do, 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 do you, he's like, do you paint? Uh, <laughs> What is your favorite art, art painting art movement? Is it impressionism? Because that is not mine. There's um no there's this is gonna I feel like I what, prefer proto baroque. What you're gonna do is you're going to you're gonna have to come up with a new like basic icebreaker every time you go into the deli, and then you're gonna end up on some like man you're gonna it's gonna be on like uh what it like buzzfeed someday and it's gonna be like man been going to the same deli for 60 years ask deli man a new question every single day here's some of the questions that he is gonna be like some cutesy story like i just saw this thing it was like uh, uh i think it was a 
uh, grocery store in some city where this old, the little old lady, probably, yeah, this little old lady goes to the grocery store, and every time she goes, she has a different standoff with like a water gun with the the guy that's working at the grocery store. Oh yeah, I saw that. And he'll like pull a banana out, or he'll pull like a massive Nerf gun out, and every time she comes with like a bigger. Uh, weapon he comes with something even bigger right and eventually one of them is just going to bomb the place but um, I feel like that's you're going to be that future story where it's going to be like <laughs> oh look at the forged relationship this man had with this deli uh, the, the delicatessen because one day that guy was a total dick <laughs> <laughs> this goes back to um, my wife hates this story but I love first dates. It's like I I like like meeting new people, knowing I'm gonna meet new people. D- does your and then wife hate this? Ask some questions. Does your wife hate the story because you keep going on first dates with other people? Uh, frankly, I think she's probably happy about it. <laughs> so, no, but I um I like I like the idea of meeting someone new, asking them a hundred questions about themselves, and like I went out on this one first date. And I asked all these questions, and this this girl said, like, I am, you know, I have a thing at six, so let's meet at 4:30. We'll get a drink or whatever and hang out. And I gotta leave at 5:30 properly. Okay, great. So at 5:29, I was like, All right, well, I'm gonna respect your time here, and you have yourself a fun little time. I got up to stand up and she was like, I I learned literally nothing about you. And I was like, Yeah, you're too busy talking about yourself, huh? Wink. And then like walked away. And it like uh, she she did not call me back, mind you. Can't imagine. Nor did I really want her to. Yeah. But uh, but it was like I just love that where you like make someone feel good about themselves telling their story or you find out interesting tidbits about them and it makes for interesting exploration. As long as it's so, not the man at the deli counter. Well, I just like, he just did what I do to, he's just too aggressive about it. Yeah. And I respect, like if that's, so for me, if that's the type of relationship you want to have, if you want to have a, like, let's ask each other interesting questions, then go ahead and start. Yeah. Don't start with criticism, dude. Agree. Or, like, if he's like, every time I see you, I always ask you an interesting question, and you always say, how are you? Okay, I'm there for that. Fair. Like, I'm yeah. there for that. You're right. You do put in a lot of effort, and I don't notice. Again, hi to my wife. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, if, if that's the relationship you want to have, I'm all there. But I'm, I'm with you. I don't, like, okay, here's a, here's a brag. I had a chance to interview Death Cab for Cutie the other day. Ben yeah. Gibbard came into the station. And we had a really nice interview. And as soon as we're done, hey, thanks for joining us on the live stream and everything. Okay, bye. Then Ben stands up and I shake his hand and he goes like, hell, how about the Mariners? And then we talk for 12 minutes about the Mariners. And it was like the most real conversation of two dudes talking about stuff that they're interested in. That's not just surface like you do music and I ask questions and here we are. Right. It was like we got into this conversation and it like ramped up and got very excited. You could tell both of us were nervous to be talking to another person about something that they were interested in. Yeah. And it wasn't relaxing. It was like we just kept ramping up and up and up and up. And up. But it was like in that moment, yeah, you find something to bond over and it makes a more interesting conversation, one to talk about again later. Or you could just badger somebody into thinking that they're stupid and then they still talk about it a year and a half later either way well and what's cool is that you walk away from that uh conversation with somebody like ben gibbard who is just a person that happens to have a huge following of people who love him and his music right but like you and the deli guy it's no different like you're both just humans on this speck of earth that is going to be yeah. obliterated someday and like yeah. you're just killing the time <laughs> while you're uh while you're here and it's like yeah it doesn't have to be every conversation doesn't have to be a deep conversation but i i agree with you like if he wants that to be a good conversation 
make it a good conversation. And then like you'll yeah. stem from that good conversation, right? Like it's like building rapport. Like there's this uh, barista that I see all the time that is uh, next to my office and um, she's always the person there. And it's like, yeah, we have really good conversations. Is that your wife? Because your <laughs> office is your bedroom, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she makes me coffee. No, in my other office. Uh, and and we have a really good rapport because one day she was just like, who does your tattoos? And I was like, it's this guy. And she was like, I know that guy. And then we just like, now we talk about like being parents and like all of these things, right? Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's just it doesn't have to be a huge, like the one time that you ask him, do you, do you, are you going to go camping someday, baby? Like, like, <laughs> and then all you've done is like hey now me and you know uh deli jim have a uh, a good conversation and this has been a tip about how to have good conversations with people you don't know from your favorite soccer po- your third favorite soccer podcast <laughs> yeah it's um it's wild dude is I'll, I'll give him credit he's hyper intelligent and very interesting and he reads a ton which is a quality that i wish i had where i would instead of looking at tiktok which is awesome and watching a guy make sandwiches which is my favorite it's i wish i like read it and challenged my brain a little bit i bet you he was good at like debate in high school mm. or something like that i bet you he like pushes people to think but to start a conversation with like if i just walked in i was like hey you're fat <laughs> Like no one's gonna respond well to that, right? Like, I'd be like, yeah, I know, like, hey, I, dude, I know. Hey, right. you're dumb. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Well, now I have a complex about going to the grocery store. Just what I needed. So. <laughs> if you could do us a quick solid, click on through to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating. Definitely five stars, unless you're a deli guy. Uh, but primarily, leave us a comment. We just want to know your favorite ever Seattle Sounders FC player. Yeah, from let's hope Jordan Morris doesn't get injured in an all-star game to let's hope Raul Ruiz Diaz doesn't get injured in an all-star game. Because the dude's barely played for even the Seattle Sounders because of injury. <laughs> and now we're going to send him to go play against the Liga MX All-Stars and hopefully that he doesn't pull another hamstring. <laughs> this week it's the MLS All-Stars take on the Liga MX All-Stars we won't waste a bunch of time on that because by the time we get this out it'll be like nine hours away before it actually happens so there'll be a bunch of people we don't care about playing in a game that no one cares about except for the coaches who are watching their players potentially get hurt from playing in this this game Full90podcast.com to, to connect with us and make sure you're up to date on all the things we're not doing last, uh, last week uh, if you have been anxiously awaiting for this podcast you would have listened to us talk last week about how um we can say that uh, our podcast is directly uh related to and directly responsible for the outcomes of sounders matches um and i think and i think that this week i'm already feeling that because we podcasted last week and this week my hamstrings are on fire like they are so <laughs> sore, and I think that it, there must be something being associated with this club that means that anything you do, you're going to end up with pulled hamstrings. <laughs> That's real good. Well, we uh, we do another show called Nerd Talk Plus. It's on the uh, Odyssey app or the podcast provider of your choice. So if you need more of us being clowns, then. 
I think that other one is actually more well-informed than this one, but um, we made a good reference to being in the vicinity of Seattle and having bad hamstrings, so please check that out if you would. We'd love that for you. And I'm not making a joke Um, right now. Like My hamstrings actually hurt, and I don't know if it's possible. No, we believe you. You just got a new bike. I don't know if it's possible to like pull your hamstrings doing a podcast. It's definitely probably from the cycling. However... It could be. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just asking questions, bro. I'm just asking questions. You, you need to Chad Marshall it, bro, and get yourself some pickle juice. Oh, it's Chad Barrett, actually. That's what I meant to say, but we wrote Chad Marshall below, and that was a mistake for me. The sweatiest man to ever go through the Nike testing facility used to be a uh, former Sounders player, kind of like a Kellen Rowe type. Like journeyman that steps up when you need him to, and is like a, you can count on him to get out there and play. Only he was a goal scorer, and uh, he would sweat more than any other player that Nike had seen. And they made him drink pickle juice in order to keep the electrolytes up. Um, something that uh, did we talk about my stupid diet on this show? Because I've had to start consuming electrolytes from a like a pouch in water because I'm. It was to the point where I was cramping so bad that I went to cut a tag off of my pants and my obliques <laughs> cramped. Okay, I don't know if you've seen me before, but it's not like I'm an obliques guy. Okay, I wasn't. I haven't been working on that muscle group. Has your um, has your new? Uh, uh, let's see. We're not calling it a diet, right? Your new yeah, food right. consumption pattern. Um, ha- <laughs> has that uh, in like also been a- in addition to a certain type of workout regimen where all of a sudden your obliques are like need to do stuff but don't have the sugary skittles to support me anymore or like <laughs> where are the Doritos that I used to eat that helped me with these? Where is the layer of blubber that you used to have that <laughs> helped protect us? Yeah. Um. No, actually, part of it is that it's I'm in this drastic cutting phase right now that um, I'm not supposed to work out. Oh. And so it's actually ideal. I just like am miserable um, because I can't have cookies. Uh, I feel great because food tastes incredible now because I've cut out all these uh, chemicals and all the things that, you know, prop up foods. And so like natural food is amazing. I recommend it to everybody. And I'll tell you what, dude, I lost 16 pounds in 21 days. Um, without having to like torture myself just by eating a lot of good foods and not having snacks at ever. So yeah, it's like, uh, if I'm getting back into Sounders judging shape, then here I am. I'm, uh, I'm on my way. <laughs> if, I, if there's ever a media day again, perhaps I will not be embarrassed enough to go play in it, but I can't work out for two months. And so it's tough. Karate's tough and all that. Cause I'm like dead after two seconds and, um, and be, ha, was having the weirdest cramps. I woke up and my toes were just overlapping, cramping. It was oh. like, I don't know if you've ever gotten that before, but it was terrible. I mean, I mean, you so. basically just have a, a massive, what it sounds like potassium deficiency, uh, dong? and, and oh, salt. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> Your dong doesn't have enough it's potassium. The, that is not the case. Again, contact my wife. She will inform you about the <laughs> shortcomings there. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that is, um, I mean, I, I think you could attribute all of that to the fact that you've cut out a lot of food and I could attribute the fact that my hamstrings hurt because I've been riding my bike a lot lately, but realistically it's because we are part of the Seattle Sounders Sounders now. Yeah.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. The curse is back! <laughs> what did we do? <laughs> the first time that Atlanta... I blame Deb. Yeah, obviously. My mother-in-law, Deb, this is her team, even though they didn't exist when she moved to Seattle. Her team is Atlanta. They beat Seattle 2-1 at home. It was the first time Atlanta has ever won against Seattle. And, yeah, I just... Isn't that crazy? Uh, can, can, it's crazy for a team that's been as dominant, 60,000 people in the stands. They're like East Coast Seattle when it comes yeah. to soccer. Um, and the, but based on their success and their ability to win championships and their ability to have fandom and to pack that place full. And for as my mother-in-law always points out, all the other teams no one supports because they're always miserable. And so you get a little – I was like, well, I remember that the Braves had pretty consistent sellout crowds for, I don't know, 10 straight years. So I wouldn't be – the Fairweather fans, I'm like, well, that's sports for you. you yeah, know? I mean, like we didn't grow up ingrained with it. So, I mean, hey, I grew up yeah. a, a Seattle Mariners fan, and I tell you, I went to way more games in 2001 than I did in any other season before or after that. Uh, so, I don't think it means that you're Fairweather. Uh, I mean, even the Sounders, if they start going through a string, like say the Sounders who have had obviously great attendance um no longer record setting attendance but who have had great attendance for so long if they start going through a season where it seems like it's like right now they're on the cusp of potentially not making the playoffs or potentially there's still plenty of season left but there's like the cusp of of potentially not making the playoffs they're still getting a draw but like what happens if you go through a couple of seasons where this team that's always drawn such a crowd it has such diehard supporters starts to go like oh it's actually not that fun to go watch my team get their butts kicked every single week whoa i just looked at the standings um Seattle Sounders eighth place in the west okay so that's a couple spots out of the playoff picture right mm-hmm I did not realize that the Sounders are 10 and 12, that they've lost two more games than they've won, and with only two draws. That's like a huge historic difference, because lots of times the win column wouldn't be big enough, but the draws would be the thing keeping the in the running. But 12 losses, yeah, that's a big number to deal with. So the Sounders have 10 matches left this season, of the regular season. 
And uh, yeah. granted, like we've looked at the standings, right? Where, you know, somewhere between, so the Sounders currently sitting on 32 points are only three points out of fourth place in the West, right? So like yeah. 10 matches left, the margins are so, so fine. Um, but, you know, uh, as somebody pointed out on the Sounders subreddit, this the Sounders are on, on pace to have a record-setting, in a bad way, amount of losses this season. Yeah. The Sounders have, uh, I, I don't know what the worst um, season that they, they've ever had where, like, the most losses that they ever had. I'm actually assuming it's probably 2016 when they, like, snuck into the playoffs. This, the season that uh, Ziggy got fired and we brought in Ladero and Schmetzer took the Sounders to uh, the MLS Cup and won. I'm assuming that that was probably previously, up until that point, the worst season in their history. Now the Sounders on pace have the most losses, uh, and yet they're still only three points out of the top four in the West, I should say. That's so crazy. And then you look at the number one team in the league, I got to confirm that they're number one over the East, but even LAFC with 11 matches to go can't even come close to that record-setting year of a couple seasons ago where they got knocked out by the Sounders. Like. It's fascinating to me that the the league must have a little bit more parity this year unless you're sporking Kansas City. So I'm looking at the total losses per season, and what you said that they have 12 right now. Yeah. That's more than 21, 20, 19, 18, 17. So 2016 was 14 losses. That's the most in their history, and it looks likely that Seattle will hit that mark again. Uh 13 losses in 2015. 2014, the supporter shield year, right? Yeah. Yeah, 2014, they had 10 losses. This is a team, I got my impressions wrong. This is a team that loses a lot, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, 34 matches played and 10 losses to win the league is pretty crazy. We talked about a little bit last week about how a lot of the results that the Sounders have actually lost um, this season, out, besides two of these results, they've all been by one goal, right? So mm-hmm. um, a lot of these losses, imagine where the Sounders would be sitting right now points-wise if some of these losses were actually draws. And we've seen a lot of the um defense a lot of these goals that have been given up aren't because the sounders are bad it's because of careless defensive mistakes uh that i mean granted that's the game right like a goal is a goal it doesn't matter how you've given it up but it's not like the sounders are are consistently being manhandled week in and week out even the loss against atlanta uh this week uh was God, you that know, was a that was a wonder goal that the guy scored yeah. from thirty yards. Out. Like, and that, there were like, and, and in there were the really dying in, seconds. Yeah, and there were some really long, encouraging spells of the Sounders playing really, really well in that match, especially on the road. I saw Jeremiah Oshan broke it down for like on second watching how the second half was actually like really encouraging from Seattle on the road, like you say. And it wasn't just like it was heartbreaking to lose that way, but really without that one kind of moment, that was a pretty evenly matched game. Now, Atlanta, not so good this year, but just getting a big win against the former boss or whatever. We so we've talked about this, uh, we talked about this a lot last week, and I think that this is probably the question, uh, that's on the horse that is getting the week. <laughs> that's getting beat to death. This question is getting beat to death over and over and over. But I think it stands yeah. to to ask this, and it's really interesting to see at least where the Sounders subreddit community has has landed on this. Is what would it take for this season to be considered a success? Now we've talked about a lot 
about how, you know, the Sounders have won a major, not only a major trophy, they've won the major trophy in our region and the only team in MLS history to have done so to win uh, the Champions League. Shoutouts to VVIN on the Sounders subreddit for putting up a poll that we're going to reference a bunch here that asks... And I like the question itself. Like you said, what would you consider the season a success? What would it take? Win the CCL, make the playoffs, win a playoff game, win the MLS Cup, and no opinion. And Brandon, where do you land on that for it to be a six before we reveal what the general public yeah. thinks? Where do you land on what it takes for the season to be a success? It's hard because um, with the CCL, uh, the Champions League happening so early, this unlike every other league in the uh, like the the European the uh, UEFA Champions League, right, which happens toward the end of the season, like the final is played. Usually, you already know who the champion of each of the domestic leagues who is playing in the final is, mm-hmm. right? In um, in Concacaf, when the when the trophy is awarded in May, uh, the the Sounders MLS still has so much of the season to play. So you're realistically looking at like the 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 trophy is played by the best teams from, and this is I understand how Champions League work. But, but from the previous season, like the Sounders were hot, hot toward the end of the last season. So you carry that momentum into the next year's Champions League final. So um, so I will say that to answer your question, I think that there's no doubt that the Sounders are going to look back on uh, 2022 as the best team to uh, maybe not this season's team, but look back as uh, as a success because you've won a major trophy, and then the following year you're going to be playing in the Club World Cup. So like uh, that's like the most significant, probably the the biggest mountain that no team in MLS has ever been able to climb. Now that said, it's still going to feel like garbage if they can't make the playoffs. Garbage. Now for me, we talk about this all the time, but there's been these seasons where the Sounders start off like garbage, right? Garbage. And then they have, after the July slump, they have a chance to be able to make a comeback, to rebound, and make a good run to the end. Take 2016, for instance. Bad season, great recovery. So I think right now we can say that this season is a major success because of CCL, and the playoffs will solidify it as a new benchmark that they have to get to. I think that we've come to expect them to make the playoffs because of the 11 or 12 times in 11 seasons or whatever it is that they've been able to pull that off. But also the playoffs is so weird because so many teams go. So if you don't go, that's kind of a major disappointment. So I guess it for me, it depends on what the consequences are. But I agree with you that I consider CCL champion to be a massive success and that they went into it knowing that they were going to pour all these resources into it. So... Uh, when you look back historically, if this is the first year they don't make the playoffs, that's going to have like a big, dramatic, historic stamp for the people that lived it. But in 10 years, when you look back and say the Sounders won CCL in 2022, done. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's not going to be like, but they also didn't get the playoffs that year. No yeah. one's going to think that way. Like from a long-term perspective, it's such a positive. I think what you said is is really important to note is that the Sounders did win the Champions League and they had to pour a ton of time, resources, and energy into doing so. Therefore, I mean, and this is this is true in any league, any domestic league in Europe, in North America, wherever it might be, is that um, you have to be able to manage both your regular season tournament as well as your uh your cup runs right like the champions league now in other 
domestic leagues, there are no caps on salary. There are no restrictions on the amount of money right. that they can spend, right? The Sounders have to use, like they, as Garth Lagerwey has always said, we are prioritizing the Champions League. When you do that, that means you are deprioritizing other things like the MLS regular season. And to that point, Jao Paulo, designated player that you need to have a monstrous result, there's no depth for that guy. There, I mean, there are other players who can do it, but there's not another there's not Jao another Paulo Jao Paulo. on the team. Yeah. And so you you lost, just like we lost Jordan Morris a few years ago because of the Champions League, you lost your arguably most important player in the defense at the one-third point of the season. And yeah. so, yeah, that is prioritizing the squad and the depth that you have and the money you can spend on winning this stupid tournament. It's that, it's that, um, it's that Thanos meme, right? It's like, what did you win? And it's the champions league. What did it cost? Everything. Right. So what yeah. I find interesting is, uh, that question that's uh, posed by Vivin on, on the sounder subreddit says, uh, what would it take for you to consider this season a success, a success one, uh, 1500 votes roughly, and 601 of those votes uh, over the next highest at 481 votes was make the playoffs. Now, 481 folks said winning the Champions League. More people said that, it, that this season will only be a success if the Sounders make the playoffs. I find that really uh, interesting, and it's kind of a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type of view towards uh, the MLS regular season. Yeah, I mean... So then, you know, let's follow that up with the next obvious thing that we keep talking about. Um, should they not make the playoffs and should things go poorly and the hatchet has to drop because we're reacting too emotionally to things, who would you rather keep? If you could only pick one, would you keep Garth Lagerway or Brian Schmetzer? And I think this is no offense to the person asking it who is roused in 509. Um, no offense to that person who's asking it, because it's a good question and it's a good thought starter, but I think it's preposterous. Yeah. I think if you don't make the playoffs and you're going to ditch somebody, that you're overreacting. Um, you know, at the very least, you have a six-month run in the next season before that happens, because this isn't the prem. We're not going to lose out on fifty or uh, you know a billion dollars worth of TV revenue if the team doesn't if the team gets relegated or doesn't make the playoffs, which is our version. Well, it'll be really interesting if the Sounders, uh, the year after winning the Champions League, don't qualify for the Champions League, um, which I don't know. Do you get They automatically do that, right? If you win the Champions League, do you get an automatic berth the following season? Um, I'm not sure. I feel like that's I'm actually not sure. Um, but so I, this is actually a really interesting question that they posed on Reddit is, yeah, who would you rather keep Garth or, or, or Schmetz? And I think what's, what actually makes this more interesting is the fact that this is the, this is a contract year for Garth Lagerwey. The end of the season, he is out of contract and he has achieved everything except for maybe the supporter shield with Seattle Sounders. Um, and who knows, maybe Garth is on to or wants to be on to bigger and better things. Maybe it's international. Maybe it's another club. Maybe it's Europe. Like, who who knows what the market is for a guy like him? But, like... Oh, could you imagine with an American owner of one of those clubs in Europe, or, like, even take, like, Leeds, where you have American talent coming through, getting a guy like Garth who understands the who understands the world of soccer in America to be able to be part of that. Or understanding not like I would imagine totally like a championship club or like a lower premier league club where you're working within such uh, 
uh, limited financial uh, restrictions where yeah, like tight margins. like what uh, maybe Garth Lagerwey's talent would be wasted on a club like Chelsea that can just spend millions on whoever they want. It's like not hard to go pick somebody who you think is good at soccer, but like put him in a club like Leeds or like maybe another chance like Nottingham Forest where you have to like work within a lot of financial restrictions. That's where I mean. Now yeah. I don't know how he's going to deal with the without Tam and Gam uh, <laughs> in the prem, uh, but but anyway, I think like that. All all this is to say is that Garth is going to have options next season. From Wikipedia, unlike its European and South American counterparts, the winner of the Concacaf Champions League does not automatically qualify for the following season's competition. <laughs> there you go. So the Sounders Dating back I believe, to 1962, the competition was called the Concacaf Champions Cup back in the day. Okay, I think the Sounders would have to qual would have to either win the West because uh, they're already out of Open Cup. They're not going to win the Supporter Shield. They either have to win the Western Conference. They're not going to win the Eastern Conference uh, or the MLS Cup. Now, should I reveal who you voted for, Brandon? Because I don't know if you want that heat coming at you or whatever. <laughs> who would you rather keep, Garth Lagerwey or Brian Schmetzer? I, I I know this is the unpo- uh, unpopular opinion, but I voted Garth Lagerwey. I'd keep him. That's so tough because Schmetz is such a name, and he's been so even when things are down, he turns it around and gets big performances. But there's no arguing that Garth Lagerwey brought in some big talent without having to shell out the cash for the Gareth Bales of the world. He's been able to find something. Like, the Rui Diaz acquisition is incredible. And I don't know if that's Henderson or Garth or a combination of the two making that happen, but, I mean, that's arguably the biggest move the Sounders have made in their, maybe Obafemi Martins or Deuce or whatever, Mm -hmm. but that's big. Um, It's really tough because I'd rather keep Schmetz because I'm a sentimental person and I react to things emotionally rather than logically, and so... I I respect your take because I think business-wise it's probably good and you can probably get some you could probably find, you know the coach does 10% of the of the on-field during the match's management and it's the rest of the stuff they do behind the scenes so I don't know how much Schmetz handles there but it's like well even the on-field yeah, stuff like you go in with a game plan that is determined by your staff right about like in probably in the 60th minute or so depending on how the game is going we'll sub in this yeah. person and if it's going a different way we'll do it this way um so even that like the now not i'm not trying to diminish the amount of influence that somebody like brian schmetzer has on a club or any coach really has on a club right um but i think that you look at the way that this team transformed under garth Lagerway. um look i I'm totally a sentimental, sentimental person. I would never want to get rid of Schmetz, nor do I think that we're facing this choice in the upcoming season. Obviously, no. there's so many things that we can point to as supporters, that the staff can point to as um, as people who are directly involved with the club of like, we've lost Jao Paulo. Raul Ruiz was out for a stretch. We poured time, money, energy, and resources into the Champions League, and then we had a big hangover after that. Like The Sounders are likely, in my opinion, still going to make the playoffs. Like We talked about there's only a three-point spread between their eighth-place position and the fourth-place position uh, where Minnesota United uh, currently sit. So I think that like we're never going to be faced with this choice. Um, but, you know, it is really interesting. Like people are already thinking about, you know, losing coaches the year that the Sounders have won a major trophy. Now, Brandon, I, how are you on time? Because I have one more question for you. I'm good. So 
we talk about this frequently because I think it's really important, but we're seeing all of these defensive mistakes and a little bit of uh, banter between like the Ariagas and Rusnaks of the world and stuff as they um, and knew who constantly upset. And that was an unfortunate own goal for him. And I don't know how I felt about that because Joseph Martinez was clearly blocking Stefan Fry, who had it covered, but without knew who's intervention. You know? Okay. Anyway, all of those things. Right. Um, but we talk about what after Jimmy Traore and people say, always say Gonzalo Pineda. I didn't realize that he was so instrumental in the defense part of the team. I don't know that he was or not. But anyway, these two guys leave and the Sounders at the back start to look a little shakier. I'll give Ariaga props all day long that he's matured in the years that he's been with Seattle. But still, you you I don't feel strong about Yamar and Ariaga working as a pairing back there. And there's a lot of mistakes and there's a lot of unnecessary goals and when you're talking about a season that's coming down to one goal losses that's it's not you know they're not getting beat up for nothing with no ability to score it's these mistakes that are being made that have to be cleaned up and I wondered where we would go um, as a club that we're obviously in the decision making process of um, where where we we would turn to find the next big defensive coach. I don't even know who's handling the job right now, but like obviously things have to get a little bit better in order to grow. And so the name that comes to mind for me, of course, is Tacoma Defiance head coach or manager. Uh, Wade Weber, a wonderful human being, a uh, former defender, and a guy who's got the um, got those defiance finally cooking a little bit. But um, I, I don't know what you would do with defiance then, and I don't know how that would impact things. Where would you turn if you wanted to make this happen? Um, I think my my obvious choice is probably Chad Marshall. He's a guy who seems like he loved his time in Seattle and. Uh, at points on like when you follow him on Twitter has seems like he he wants to return here and takes every opportunity that he can to come catch a match um, here where does he live I, I don't know I don't know if he's like back in Ohio where he played for so long with Columbus um, or or Gonna what I kind of I don't know where he's from originally either but um, I mean my less obvious choice is Roman Torres just because uh, I love that energy I'd love that back in Seattle <laughs> What? No. <laughs> no, I don't want him as a coach. I just want him as like a mascot. <laughs> now, no, I think I think Chad Marshall is is the guy. I mean, if you bring in, I, I think Wade Weber's a great shout as well. Uh, but Chad Marshall is a yeah. guy who's done it at the highest level um, in MLS. Uh, won trophies with the Seattle Sounders is going to be able to. Uh, hopefully would be able to command a lot of respect as well as be able to, to do the camaraderie side with the club because he's not been out of the game for that long. Look at Andy Rose, who's currently on the Sounders coaching staff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, uh, I think Chad Marshall would be an awesome, awesome side. Even like, I don't know, do you get a, like a Brad Evans in there who's still so actively involved at the club? I just don't know if he's, uh, interested maybe, uh, to, to work on that side of things. What about a Steve Zakawani as a defensive just as coach? a manager in general? No, just as in general though. Like, I feel like he coaches kids, and yeah. so he might be working on his badges. I want to talk to him. Maybe off the record, he would tell us yeah. whether or not he's up to that. Yeah, I, I fully hear you on the Chad Marshall thing, and it would be awesome. Again, like I'm just curious to know where these guys are in their journeys to getting there. Like, I didn't know Andy Rose was pursuing his coaching badges, and so for him, like you have to. I don't know what the rules are in MLS specifically, but you have to get trained as a coach to be able to 
coach a squad at, a, at the highest level, right? And yeah. so you go through preliminary stuff and you take tests. And like Even like Frank Lampard in England who played at the highest level with Chelsea and then the even higher level at NYCFC <laughs> was, had to go and get the cert- certificates to be able to step up and coach at that level, almost like your license for driving in Formula One. I think if you were if you were a professional player for a certain amount of time, you do actually get to start at a base level of the of the coaching badge certification. So I always thought that was really yeah. interesting. So like actually former players do have a faster path toward becoming sure. uh, head coaches. Um, like, but I do, I do think that uh, I don't know what the requirements are for like an assistant coach or, or something like that. But I think if you bring in, look, a lot of you were just talking about, I think so interesting is like, obviously the margin for a lot of these losses for the Sounders is so slim. And a lot of those one goal losses were from just like dumb mental mistakes. Right. And if you bring in a guy like Chad Marshall, who was such a focused and strong and sturdy player who did not make a lot of those mistakes was not caught out going to ground bringing people down getting red cards yellow card, anything like that he was like such a like does he bring in that stability does he bring in that focus and like really get the team back to fundamentals where they're not giving up these these silly goals and like yamar isn't losing his marking and like looking like a orca leaving the water and completely missing the seal that he's trying to eat you know what i mean like what can like how does chad marshall like can, can a guy like chad marshall come in and, and just clean that up yeah um, and so then, like, I don't know what the requirements are. I just kind of skimmed around a little bit here to try and find that. But regardless, like, does Chad Marshall have, like, we watched Wade Weber, who played at a high level, and it took, you know, he was coaching the academy, and then he worked his way, and it took a year to be able to get the defiance going the way that he needed. And I wonder how much experience, like, how different the management side is than the playing side and what skills you have to learn to be able to make that leap. And if a guy like Chad Marshall needs the experience managing something before he could make the leap. Now, of course, we referred to him all the time, not just you and I, but the collective Sounders world and the people who pay attention to MLS on a higher level a little bit. As, like, Chad Marshall had such success, Defender of the Year so much, and, like, had so much that, like, you could name the award for Defender of the Year after him based on how successful he was. So that, like, I agree with it. That that puts him in a really good place to be able to potentially take that role. My big fear is that we would see him come and then have to, like, if things didn't work out, <laughs> to have to lay off a Chad Marshall or a Brad Evans or a Wade Weber. I mean, think about the fact, uh, think about, uh, I think we maybe mentioned this a little bit last week, is how difficult emotionally it was for the Sounders to let Ziggy Schmidt go. Imagine how much more so a coach like Brian Schmetzer, who's had the success with the club, who's literally spent his entire career with the Seattle Sounders, from player to assistant manager to manager. Like, Imagine the emotional depth that you would have to go uh, as Adrian Hanauer and this ownership group would be to, to to have to let go somebody like him. I think to a lesser extent, somebody like Chad Marshall, who is so beloved by the club, and it's almost like uh, it's almost like don't meet your heroes, right? Like don't let your heroes come back and lead your club because ultimately you might have to make a hard decision. Uh, you'd rather let somebody go and retire at the top, like uh, you know, not that this was Arsene Wenger's case, but like a pl- uh, somebody like him who took the club as far as he could, right? And then they let him yeah. go uh, after that. Now, can you do the same with somebody like a Brian Schmetzer? Not saying that that needs to happen, but like 
you're right. Like you bring in somebody like Chad Marshall, who effectively, you know, is uh, affectionately it better work called Dad Marshall. Yeah, you better hope that that works because you don't want to bring somebody like him in and have to let him go. Not that like I feel like the assistant coach moves ever generate that much of a hubbub but um that but losing Gonzalo Pineda was a big deal losing Jimmy Traore I think the Sounders knew at the time those were massive deals um and now I think we're definitely seeing the knock-on effects of of those losses I think New Who is definitely seeing the knockout effects of those. Sorry, New Who, we love you still. You're still number one. I mean, I think Chad Marshall. Like, who would you rather hear? Hey, New Who, you're not up to speed anymore uh, lately. We have to drop you for a couple games for you know, I don't know, Alex Roldan or whoever it might be that's going to come in and take his place, Jackson Reagan. Um, like, like, would you rather hear that from Chad Marshall or would you rather hear it from Freddie Juarez, uh, who's the another Sounders assistant? coach right like i don't know i think if i'm a player i'd rather hear it from somebody that i've even played with like chad marshall yeah all right well in case this podcast was too long and you didn't listen it's too long didn't listen uh too long didn't listen so read what book have you read recently (laughs) first date update with gregor (laughs) Too long, didn't listen. Uh, sorry, I wasn't listening because I'm not good uh, at <laughs> being a conversationalist. <laughs> killing me. You're killing me, Brandon. Uh, too long, didn't listen. Oh, Evidently, we're bringing in Chad Marshall as the defenders coach for Seattle Sounders FC because we run the club. <laughs> too long, didn't listen. Just the closer you get, just hold on to your hamstrings. <laughs>